A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Good morning, David. Welcome to Random Movie Generator. Well, I don't need to say that to you. You're part of it. Morning to you, sir. All ready for some uh, cinematic chitter-chatter. All ready to... Um... What's the best cinema you've ever been to? It's a very, very... I uh... say this because when I went to Munich, we went to a cinema in Munich, and in one of the rooms, it was like a... It was probably like a... 60 70 seater and it was like a library wow shelves of shelves of books and it was really cozy had these warm orange glowing lights it's like you walked into a little library did the books distract you a bit were you looking at the spines of the books in between looking at the film oh we weren't watching the film we just we went and she was showing us around the different screens oh wow that sounds quite amazing so like books and shelves it sounds like it might be slightly distracting Sort of Why do you get drawn to spines of books? Oh, absolutely. If it's a boring film, I definitely start, in my eyes and start gazing over the different kind of, I don't know, Delia Smith cookery book, Eden Blight, and just sort of gazing over them. No, it, it was really, it was really lovely. I'm going to try and find it. Cinema uh, Munich. What's your favourite? I'm trying to think my absolute favourite. Um, I'll tell you my, um, my worst one absolute worst one was um let me think what was it uh are they called um is it little man cinemas or something something man cinemas isn't it man cinema i know it's insane that i've said that every man cinemas there we go not little man cinemas every man cinemas <clears throat> and i saw bullet train there and I'll send you a little screenshot of the library. Oh, wow. Let's have a look. On the Zoom. Wonderful stuff. Oh, Every Man Cinemas, and they, they, they basically uh, serve people food and drink through the entire movie. And, um, gosh, it was like being in the middle of a Pizza Hut buffet, two o'clock in the afternoon, whilst watching a film. I wasn't impressed by that. So that's me not really answering the question because that's the most negative. Um, have you sent it to me in the chat? Um, <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. I sent it in, yeah, in, the, in the Zoom chat. The Zoom chat, the Zoom chat. Here we go. Um, um, don't worry. It's, it's oh, no, no, let's have a look. It hasn't come up. Oh. That's all right. That's okay. We're doing a podcast. Yeah, but it's that's interesting fine. stuff to have a look at. It should come up in the chat. Um, Do you know what? I'm going to send it to your... Um, I'm going to send it to your WhatsApp. Oh, yes. Your WhatsApp. Please do. Please do. 
But look, I mean, this has been that special. To no, be no, but with you. let's I'm, make the most of information technology that we can share these little um, photo I mean, it, moments it, it, together. It, it looked better than what I've oh, seen. Oh wow, that is impressive. But it literally is a library. It literally yeah, is a really, library. Look at the curtains. It was really cosy. God, those red velvet seats. What sort of film do you want to watch there? You want to watch a, um, a Pulp Fiction porn. sort of quirky indie film. A porn, do you say? No, no not porn. Um, that's that's for a different type of uh, theatre. That's um, more like Pulp Fiction indie cinema. Not what porn, would I want to there? Something um, cosy. Something cosy and... Um, Sunday night, Sunday afternoon cosy film. Damn Busters. Something that's got that kind of retro vibe or... Um, some kind of Christmas movie. Uh, you want to watch It's a Wonderful Life there with the family. Hot chocolate and marshmallows. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. How it, one, it's one of those films when you see it, you can see how it's influenced so many films afterwards. It's like, oh, I can see why elements of Back to the Future, The Truman Show, loads of movies. And also, it's just a bloody good film. Can I tell you what I'm into at the moment? Like, I'm, I don't watch many movies. And also, you, you, Recommended a movie on Patreon, which we still haven't done because uh, lots of reasons. But anyway, we, we will watch that. Um, but I keep flicking up because I've hardly any, I've hardly watched any since I was about ten or eleven. I keep flicking on James Bond movies. Which ones do you start watching? Do you know what? I don't care because I'm loving every single bit of it. It's a golden <laughs> formula, isn't it? It's the absolute Honestly, golden formula. If, like, all this week, I watched a little bit of Living Daylights because you mentioned it. Which is a good film. Timothy Dalton is a good bond. He's been really brushed aside. He came at the wrong time straight after Roger Moore and people's palettes weren't ready for his dark, serious take. Well, do you know, I, I've just been like, um, I want to lay on the sofa. Because Nomi's doing her thing. I think she's all right with me doing it. I must ask her if she's pissed off that I keep putting Bond on. Every man needs a bit of Bond time. <laughs> a bit of 007. But I, ju I just want to stare at a screen, not think, not take in any plot, and just watch car chases. And and I'm sort of transfixed by, um, what's his face? Daniel? Uh, Daniel Craig. Yeah, I think he's brilliant. Yes, he is. He's very watchable. There's sometimes where he just walks down hallways talking to Judy Dench, and I'm just transfixed by the way he walks, and he just swings his shoulders side to side. He's very watchable. Now, can I say this? And now, I've been watching this in quite a few sittings, because we just haven't had time. So last night I watched 20 minutes. night before I watched half hour. night before that I watched 20 minutes. But I'm watching Casino Royale. Oh, which you... God, there's some amazing now, bits in that, yeah. Well, absolutely. like you said, and I, I think I read that, like a top 10 list, that that's the best Bond. A lot of people think that, and I would argue that. I'm not feeling it. What about the parkour chase at the beginning? That's a, oh that no, that, that's a, listen, that's incredible. But no, it is it is incredible. But I, it's the one with um, Javier Bardem. I just feel like that's oh the Skyfall one. That's the one you were like. Yeah, that is incredible. Do you know the other thing though? It has to be said. When don't get me wrong, I love the Daniel Craig bombs. I wasn't that amazed by the last one, but you know they're very good. I liked it. And a lot of people did. It's, I think it's my subjective taste. But I do think to myself a lot of the time, when I was a complete bomb nut, when I was 10 years old... Were you a bond old, nut? I was an absolute... Would you buy bomb a nut. packet of bond nuts? Absolutely. And I'd overdose what on would them. They, 
God, that'd be... Would you? Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Have an image of me just with my mouth open and just shoving it into my mouth. Just What would they taste like and sort of um, look like? They'd have I feel sort of, like they'd be quite smooth. And... Oh, like silk, nut silk with like little basil herbs in there. Just some kind of je ne sais quoi recipe that really does a lap dance around your taste buds. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it really makes yeah, love to yeah. you. Yeah. When I, if I was 10 years old, which is my peak of Bond's, you know, fascination, I'd have found the Daniel Craig Bonds quite boring. Do you know what I mean? I re- and I've, I've sat in a mini theatre watching a, a Daniel Craig Bond, and the kids are just running up and down the hallways. Not the hallways. Okay, okay, I'm going to say something here. I think that's what I'm struggling with Casino Royale. I went in there thinking, I just want a bit of escapism with some noise and visual images, and I want more parkour on car- cranes. There's, there's quite a lot of walking and talking in this film what you've got with bond is you've got the ian fleming james bonds and then you've got the cubby broccoli james bonds isn't it? and cubby broccoli when you look on it now he's a producer of all the bonds because now he's, his daughter looks after it and he kind of bondified ian fleming's idea he turned it into what is now franchise marvel movies these kind of just like fast food um spectacle visual roller coasters and more and a more fast that, food spectacle visual roller coaster absolutely just turn your bloody brain off because like we said in a previous pod i think we spoke about this in person or on pod if you sat someone down and asked them what is the plot of james bond especially a roger moore film i could never tell you i could tell you the gadgets i could tell you the lingerie on the ladies but i couldn't tell uh, you the plot yeah, 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 too yeah, much yeah, come yeah. on really could you i could probably not the lingerie yeah maybe the lingerie Maybe the colour and the texture of the tone. Perhaps. Well, Judy Dench was sort of guffing on last night in a scene, and I just switched off. It's like I don't care what you're talking about here. Yeah, it's very plot heavy, isn't it? It's like they're going it more is towards plot heavy Ian Fleming. Out. Yeah. Oh yeah, very. Oh god, it's um. There's because also far more based in reality. He kills. He kills two don't men. Whoa, 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 oh, whoa, sorry, whoa. sorry, sorry. There's, you're there's, not going to tell me what happened. Not that I sort of care. But. No, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm thinking about the bit where, um, uh, basically, uh, his, girl, his his love interest suffers from PTSD, post-traumatic stress syndrome, after an attack on a stairwell. And uh, they have to have a shower together with their clothes on, because she's finding it all too morbid. Well, that didn't happen in... As an adult, I find that interesting, because it's got a John le Carre kind of quite cutting, you know, hard, tense vibe to it. But as a... Um, as a bomb, I mean, in the old bomb films, they just run behind him wearing a bikini, shooting a machine gun. Do you know what I mean? They didn't have PTSD afterwards, so it's far more based in reality, isn't it now? And uh, that, well, that parkour scene at the start, I, I, I was watching it going, why does he keep climbing up and up? Why are they going up? Why are they going up and up? They, they I know. Ended, they ended on top of a. It's a, it's a massive crane. crane. It's a building. That <laughs> parkour scene is up there with the beginning of Raids Lost Arm. It is bloody Do you brilliant. Think so? Absolutely. The bit I absolutely I love. Oh, you don't think it's quite up to that? I kind think of it's ilk? amazing. Don't you dare put it up there with the beginning of Raids Lost Arm. This is true. I mean, that is movie lore, isn't it? That is absolute. No, it's, it's stunning. It's stunning. It's One stunning. bit I absolutely love about that parkour bit was when he's running up and up as you set up the crane. There's one small bit that Roger Moore would never have done, or especially not Pierce Brosnan, when he's a bit knackered. He's running up and he's a bit out of breath. And he's like, no, come on, I've got to keep on. 
you know I mean? there are moments where you can just see that um you know he's just a man type of thing but he's pushing himself pushing himself and also that bit when he runs through Could the Could you walls. write a song called Pushing Himself, Pushing Himself? Oh, absolutely. Pushing himself, pushing himself. He's just, just pushing himself, pushing himself. No one's asking him to push himself, but he's still going to push, push, pushing himself. Push himself. Wow, listen to Mandy then. Got a little whistle She likes I've heard from her since I thought she was even... I'm so obsessed by Bond that now in the Bond zone. She says that was good. Thank you, man. Thanks for the compliment. No and that she's missed comments. you. She's missed you. I've missed you, and I missed your compliments towards my lyrics, my improvised lyrics. I really have. Come over here. She says, "Come over here." Yes. Now I'm in the middle of a pop. Yes. Talking about James Bond, so you know, time and place. No, I'll come over. Hold That's my this. pipe. I'm walking over now. She said, "Hold my pipe." Which which one? I'll hold the silver one. Here we go. Bit dusty with the cobwebs on there. You too. Come on, let's get on with the pot. Right. Just holding a pipe. I'm releasing the pipe. I'm moving away. There we go. At a moment. So your favourite, um, your favourite cinema, top of your head. Favourite cinema, top of my head. Do you know what I think? Um, my favourite cinema, top of my head. Uh, I would say the Odeon Brighton. It's just got some good old, do you know what I mean? Nothing fancy. <coughs> good old fashioned. Do you know what I like in the cinema? Yeah. Is when you go into the, not just the, the, the cinema and the auditorium. I like a foyer that's just filled with cardboard standees of movie stars, massive posters of the latest films, and that smell of sugar and treacle of like really? um, okay. yeah absolutely i want to see a massive cardboard standee of a velociraptor poking its head around really you like star wars um, so i went into a view cinema a couple of months ago i thought it was disgusting i know i do like that disgusting americana you know uh hype i like to binge on hype basically but don't get me wrong i like the idea of the kind of quite sort of quaint quirky european cinema i like a picture house i do like a picture house and a carrot cake or eating some organic popcorn uh, kernels whilst watching the latest okay. um, French film. But you can't beat um, a giant stormtrooper with a laser gun that's got an LCD light put into the cardboard. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> you know, a bit of American fun. Keeps you going. David Edwards. David, have you got any movie news this week? Movie news uh, this week. This is one for the comic book fans. And I know we're not oh, massive comic book fans. I'm going to go and make a cup of coffee. Oh, dear. <laughs> dear. The thing is, you've got to serve the um, the larger mainstream have you? I feel like we're always serving the comic book fans. The thing is, that is what dominates cinema. It really is. You I never told me about Wonka. Rufus told us about Wonka. Well, yeah, that's on I its way. I couldn't believe Wonka was... 2023, Olivia Colman's in it as well. Timothy... Um... Checking it, will be good, David. Well, I think Paul King, and he, and he said no to Paddington 3 for this, isn't he? Someone else is doing Paddington 3 oh, instead of him. I'm... Oh, my God, it could be incredible. And it's it Timothy... Incredible. Um, I can't remember the guy's surname. It's so appalling that I do this with you. Who's the, who's the chap? Uh, is it Chamolet or Chamolet, thank is God. It... Well, he's playing Wonka. He's playing the young Wonka, the guy who started in June. And, the uh, young Wonka? Yeah, because it's a prequel. It's about the origins of Wonka. 
Willy Wonka. It's how he became Willy Wonka. Uh, so it's early days. So it's his, um, I mean, you know, every, um, okay. Every franchise does that. They hit the rewind button, don't they? Oh, I thought they were just going to remake. Oh, it'll be good. It'll be good. It's like if you look at the big, um, prestige dramas that are on at the moment, like Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, and, and all the latest Star Wars. It's all prequels. Yeah. I, I think it'll be good. I don't, don't care. care about how he became Wonka. I don't care. I, it's all about trying to find a new route into the franchise, isn't it? To try and find a new story within the franchise. And hitting the rewind button helps. We might see him build his factory, I suppose, which might be fun. That'll be fun. And his fascination with chocolate. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know when my started. I don't know if it was a story. It's always been there, really. Yeah. Sorry. So you said comic book news. Sorry. Um. Yeah. So... So basically, it is interesting. Let me see if I can sell this to you like a maths teacher in the 70s. Make you realise that numbers are fun. So it's a case of um, Marvel. So basically, it, it takes us back to James Bond. People look back on the James Bond films and they realise that Cubby Broccoli was a genius. That he created these Bond franchise formats that you just hit the button to. And you, you, know, you watch these big escapist um, movies. Marvel's version of that because Marvel obviously has created the best marketing machine ever within Hollywood hasn't it in the case that it's got all these films that interconnect into a universe and that was created by Kevin Feig and he's going to be very much looked down upon as an important piece of kind of like um, you know sort of cinema producing within this era now DC are trying to do their own version of that I don't know what any of this means Oh, DC. What is Marvel and what is DC? I don't know anything about this. Marvel is um, Spider-Man. Marvel is all the characters that Stan Lee created. So that's yeah, don't know, I don't know anything. So, Iron yeah. Man, Captain America, Thor. Who, who did Superman? Uh, that's DC. And what? So who, what's, what's with DC? Uh, DC is Batman and uh, Superman and Wonder Woman. I didn't know any of this. And do you know what? I don't care. I'm not a big... I saw um, Black Adam over the weekend. Black oh, Adder? Black, uh, Black Adam. I wish it was Black Adder. I wish they'd do a big screen version of that. I'd be up What's for that. What's Black Adam? Black Adam is The Rock has done a, um, a movie, a, a comic book movie. And I found it just disorientating, like a fever dream. It was just like Pierce Brosnan's in it as a superhero with him. And Black Adam is a DC um, sort of anti-hero superhero. There's too many. There's too many superhero films out. I just they're just. So there's, did one guy create Spider-Man? Yes, he did. Amazingly, but a lot of people say it wasn't just him. It was other comic book artists that worked alongside him. But Stanley, they say, he was a bit of a manipulator in the background, and um, he would come up with a very basic format of an idea, but then the artists would add to it. But he was a bit of a Walt Disney. He was he definitely was a genius. But who created Superman, David? Now, Superman, very interesting. It was two men who created Superman. If we Google it, we'll find out straight away. But the thing is, it ha- it worked out appallingly for them because DC owned all the rights. And um, there's, an, a, there's a documentary about the two men in the 80s. Jerry Siegel? Yes, absolutely. Jerry and Siegel. Joe Schuster. Absolutely. And the end of their lives in the 80s, they were living in hideous apartments in New York. And Warner Brothers were giving them like a $500 check every month. And they had to go to lawyers to get that. 
Because Superman's up there with Jesus Christ, isn't he, with the most iconic figures, and they came up with it. And um, when they weren't getting paid enough money for Superman back in the day, they both left DC and they tried to start their own comic book characters. None of them worked. They just completely flopped. So um, one of the wives of one of those men got back to DC and said, listen, can you please, please give my husband a job back again? You know, my, my family's starving. So we had to go back into DC and just go back to being like a low rung. David, this is the best thing you've ever said. Oh, it's, mass- it's fascinating. I'm absolutely Jeremy. loving this. He was a low-level writer, and he was the creator of Superman, but he just had a, just an office in the back, you know, just like a really low-level job. Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster created the comic book character Superman when they were young men residing in Cleveland, Ohio. Siegel developed the storylines while Schuster drew the comic. The two creators initially developed Superman as a villain during the 1930s, but they later made him a superhero. Yeah, do you know the other really interesting thing about Superman is it lost its popularity in the very early decades and it's a really interesting early decades the early decades of his um his uh or you know when he was first introduced i can't remember what it was it's 30s or 40s he was first introduced a superman superman and it's a fascinating thing whereby it's because he was too super as in like you know he could do anything He, he was just like this untouchable god in the comics and after a while people got more and more sick of him as a character and then they introduced kryptonite so he had a weakness and it it ran a whole new element to the stories and they interesting. say they always call it a storytelling technique you know if you're if your your hero doesn't have any Achilles heel is that how you say it Achilles Achilles heel um, um Achilles Achilles is a n c h i l e isn't it Achilles Achilles hill a hill of a hillies there we go hang on it's worth sticking with this <laughs> what is it what is it it's worth it's worth <laughs> I, i'm being a listener now imagining listening to this going can we do this a few more times <laughs> maybe not maybe some listeners want to move on from this moment but it's 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 about human it's about personal development isn't it it's what's about, it what is it again uh i've completely lost now what well i'm completely lost now I'm, I'm lost in the uh the word forest it's horrible being in the word forest isn't it's, it it's a horrific nightmare it's anc what does the word forest look like to you um Lots of trees made out of <laughs> words. And people calling to me in amongst the foliage. David, yes, I'm coming, I'm coming. It's not a problem, it's not a problem, but I'm tripping over the brambles, getting yeah. stung by the, the hornet nests. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, it's not a problem, I'm coming. I'm coming, I'm coming. Oh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Getting quite whoa, irritated. Whoa. Getting okay. quite, you know. So, so kryptonite was Superman's... Achilles Hill. Achilles Hill. Achilles Hill. There we go. I'm pretty sure that's Achilles it. Hill. Achilles Hill. There we go. Hill. 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 As in hit foot. Hill. Yeah, soul. hill. Hill. Yeah. Not hill. hill. I'm on top of a hill. 
looking down at the people. Because you said Cahilly's Hill. Hill. <laughs> which is Hill. Which Hill. is in Hampshire. <laughs> There we go. Um, do you know what I'd like to do, David? At some point, do a whole. Oh, I've just suddenly unshackled myself. Do a whole episode of Watership Down. Oh yes, I'd be up for that. What made you suddenly think of Watership Down? But I'd be up because I thought that. of Watership Down the Hill and you saying Cahilly's Hill. Cahilly's Hill, absolutely. Well, they make a sense. They make sense because those rabbits had a hell of a Cahilly's paw or hill, or whatever you want to really call it. <laughs> but I tell you one. Do you know? Yeah, I'm a massive fan of Watership Down. Can we do a Watership Down episode? Yeah, absolutely love it. Just chat for five hours on it. Just talk about warring rabbits. Dunkirk-style, Brit-style yeah. rabbits. I can't believe we must move on from this. Are we still in movie news? I think so. I haven't even got to Jesus the end of the movie news. This is terrible. <laughs> this is really bad. I haven't even got to the point. No, it's but, my fault. It's no, my no, it's fault. fine. God. DC Comics have said who their Kevin Feige, Cubby Broccoli-esque figure is going to be. Who's going to actually... Because you have like a big producer for these comic book movie studios who kind of direct where the um, where the franchise is going to go. So they're like the God figure who sits down and um, says, these are the films that are going to be coming out the next five years. And also, these films are more like TV shows. They interconnect with the same universe. They've selected the guy and everyone in the industry is shocked. It's James Gunn who's going to be in charge. James I Gunn. Corden. Um, no, not quite. Um, I think he could be next. Who's James so, Gunn? James Gunn. Usually they select an executive producer, but this time they've gone down the Pixar route and they said we're going to take the Pixar model where we get a director who's more creative to be selecting the whole kind of outlet of films. You know, what films are going to go out, what's, you know, have the final say on things. And um, James Gunn made. Um, Suicide Squad, he made uh, the Peacemaker TV series. These are other DC comic outlets. So he's a director. He has also worked for the, what will be the enemy for him, Marvel, because he did the Guardians of the Galaxy films. Right, so so um, the news is James um, Gunn's taking over. Uh, taking over DC and directing it. And for you and me who aren't big comic book fans, it's not a lot. But for basically, it's like getting a director to take on that role is like getting George Best to suddenly be manager of the football team. I'm not saying James Gunn's got a drinking issue, but you don't usually give George a creative... George Best to be manager of... Uh, Manchester United. Team. Right. I don't Is understand he... that. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Basically, usually um, the director is seen as a creative, and um, the actual uh, head of the studio isn't usually a director. You know, it's not usually someone who's seen okay, as Okay, so it's like promoting... Voice. Yeah, okay. David Beckham to yeah yeah sure so it's like sacking Ferguson and putting David Beckham as that's something literally like that. that is literally it well I can't I'm, just before we end movie news I cannot believe that Superman did not exist 100 years ago I know absolutely um, do you know what is fascinating though is to look at the comic books that um, those two guys wrote when they when they weren't getting any money for Superman. And they were like, right, we're just going to do it again, but ourselves. And everything they did after Superman was just appalling. And really? Don't get me wrong, I can't criticise other people's creative projects. I'm Hardy Da Vinci. I'm Dave Edwards. Oh, uh, da yeah. Vinci. That is right, yeah. isn't it? Thank God. Bloody hell. Is it? And, um... And I am, uh, sorry, I got lost there for a second. I am. God, I was make some announcement. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Yes, it was bizarre things like he had a character called Clown Man 
who would go around. No, I was like, the clown man. And it wasn't like the Joker. It was like these squeaky shoes. So it was. It turned comedy calamity. It was like trying to be a clever hybrid. I guess it was the Incredibles with naff gags. It was I guess you never know what's going to stick. You never know what's going to work, do you? No, it was almost so they were very creative ideas, but they were way out there. Just like I was, I was looking at it in the documentary, thinking, "Was this the guys who created Superman?" Whereas Stan Lee, I think, created a format and then recycled it, recycled it. The Superman guys were so creative; they'd go off into different directions. David, thank you so much for this week's movie news. I hang off every word. I do hope so, because I'm looking back on this whole conversation with my head, and I'm thinking to myself, did any of this make sense? But I'm I sure don't it did. care if it did or it didn't. I, I, we're not on this planet for long, are we? <laughs> no. We've decided no. we're going to do a Watership Down episode, so we haven't even oh, it. Oh, that's going to be good. Oh, hi, that's hi. Yeah, that's going to be lovely. Thank you, David, for this week's movie Not a news. problem. I'm just having to mop down my laptop because I've just looked sure. over and it's just absolutely covered in Edward Spittle. <laughs> so just give me one second. I've got so into the whole Superman anecdote, I've waterlogged my motherboard. <laughs> absolute disaster. That's what happens when you're stuck in the word forest, for crying oh, out loud. Yeah. You ruined your IT. <laughs> okay. Just trying to force these words okay. out of my mouth, which I don't even know. Well, you still talk if you stop talking. I know, indeed, yes. <laughs> it's ironic, isn't it? A man who can't stop talking doesn't know the words, you know. 100% effort. Can we get on with it? Results. Here we go. Let's go for it. David Edwards. So, David, this week's movie review. Now, I, I when I was driving back from where I've just been, I'm thinking, God, what was it? I can't remember. Oh, yes. David is reviewing Schindler's List? I certainly am. Wow. Quite right, quite right. So, you've seen it before, obviously. Many, about ten years ago. David, how did you feel watching it again? Yeah, it was a very interesting one watching it again. Oh, I love this. Very, very interesting in the sense that, um, yeah, you do pick up a lot more from it. And it's like, oh, this is, you know, yeah, I mean, you, you've got to almost like see it within Spielberg's career that um, he did two other films before Schindler's List that were um, that were historical epics where he tried to move away from these escapist suburban set kind of like fantasy films, which is what Stranger Things is based on now, isn't it? I mean, these kind of suburban, like small town America, but something incredible happens to people. And he did two films where he tried to focus on historical epics and go into a more mature David Lean, Lawrence of Arabia direction. And that was Empire of the Sun and Color Purple. Empire of the Sun was Christian Bale's film about the young boy finds himself in a Second World War prison camp. Colour Purple was about slavery. Were they directly before... Uh, they were before Schindler's List, definitely. They were oh, yeah. 80s. Yeah, but quite a way before. Were they, what, were um, they the two films before Schindler's List? Yes. They were the, the, his two attempts to try to be more mature type of thing. And they, they did okay. I mean, they are remembered. Colour Purple did well, but they got some criticism. But they felt like Spielberg films in the sense that um, there were still lots of bells and whistles in the sense of carefully choreographed storyboard films, lots of crane shots, his use of lighting. 
was um, a more mature, serious subject matter. But you could tell it was Spielberg. Sorry, so he had done Last Crusade, Hook and Jurassic Park in between those. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah sorry, so I didn't realise. I was realize, just I, historical yeah. epics. 93, yeah, yeah. by the way, when Schindler's, yeah. came, Schindler's List came out, is a very important year for Spielberg because he was beginning to lose his touch in the box office in a big way. Because of Hook. Hook didn't do well and also always came out the same year as Hook. Always? I've never heard of it. There you go. That was him trying to be more mature with a kind of romantic drama with Richard Dreyfuss. Really? And Holly have Hunter. You, have you seen it? Have you seen uh, it? Years ago. It was, it was trying to be a more kind of like 1940s, 50s kind of classical Hollywood vibe. But 93 he came back. And he brought out Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. So he dominated the box office and dominated Do you know what, David? I'm looking at Always. I'm imagining Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, Colour Purple, Empire of the Sun. And he, and he calls me in for an audition. And I go, and he said, you got the part. I've got the bloody part, David. I'm in Spielberg's new film, Always. I absolutely just do not know. I'm sure a lot of people thought of that with Phantom Menace. Yeah, Star Wars. I mean, I mean, always, David. Oh, I mean, always. Like, oh my God, he's done it. Yeah, he's and then you'll watch it and you'll go, "Ooh, what is that?" I remember Barry Norman's. I remember Barry Norman's review. What? Him just sat there reviewing uh, always, and um, him just describing it as like a sleeping uh, pill. You know, kind of like you know, I was uh, zedding in the front row of the London, uh, you know, Empire Cinema. That's fascinating, David, that he did. So, 91 was Hook. Did Always in 89. 91 was Hook. So, you're saying he was... um, Definitely a a plunge. Absolutely. But then, massive year after that. You know, dominated the Oscars. Dominated box office. I mean, what more do you want? Spielberg um, is vital to Universal Studios. And... um, Steinberg, the producer of, um, of of Universal Studios, it was revealed only a few years ago this deal took place. This is an amazing deal. Warner Brothers were trying to poach Spielberg um, from Universal, and they were offering him lots of money. And it was just before Jurassic Park, and um, Steinberg put together a, a contract for Spielberg that was only revealed a few years ago that Spielberg got... Um, it's something like four or five percent of every um, ticket sale at a Universal Studio uh, theme park, and it is worth now billions. And that people said to Steinberg, "How and uh, why have you given that to him?" And he said, "Well, just look at Jurassic Park. You know, Universal is just based on one man." And because of that, um, Spielberg, literally every ticket sold at Universal. Oh, my God. Universal, Universal is based on one man. Yeah, one man. Literally, if you look at Universal, I mean, there's been a few other things since, such as Fast and the Furious, but literally, um, they really needed Jurassic Park at that point to, to keep the ball rolling. <clears throat> but, I mean, wow. that thing... Drickany was feeling the, the, the pressure around the hook time. Massively. And he even argues that... Um, his ego got out of control and he was inviting everyone to the hook studio because the studio was where well, it was pre green screen so it was all live action the netherlands and he had people like um michael jackson coming over and macaulay colkin and people like that and he was just showing it off and he said that it was just like a big train set to him and he had kind of lost his way very much i've never seen hook it's 
Well, it was, when we chatted to Brett Goldstein, he a lot of people. Brett Goldstein's a big, big fan of it. I remember he was because he came on the Gittings podcast a while back. He was a big fan of it. And don't get me wrong, it does link to the idea of nostalgia. That if you grow up with certain films, you have a big emotional connection to it. And a certain era, younger, probably a decade younger than me, people in their thirties, they do like Hook. I remember Brett Goldstein having a being very sort of like um, championing it, but I'm more of an ET kind of 80s person, and I saw Hook recently on ITV2, and I thought it was appalling. Really? Hey, come on! Hey, come on! We we should be reviewing Schindler's List. You are quite right. Let's focus. Please, oh, like a third person. Well, what Mandy needs is direct us more. She's just sat there humming in the background. She needs. All right, sorry. David. I'm very poor. Can you get through five minutes without slagging that thing off? Yes. I apologise. I just feel as though... Just review Schindler's List and do your job well. Right. Schindler's List. Not Just focus on my job, my part of the universe. Schindler's List, um, it's a lot more raw and intense than I remembered. It doesn't feel like... It's Spielberg in the sense that it is sentimental, the idea that Schindler turns out helping the Jews. When he says goodbye to them all at the end, it's got that sentimental... It's not E.T., but it is that goodbye element. But than that, it feels like, watching back on it, it feels like a... um, Obviously, it's not set in the 1960s. It's set in the, you know, uh, 30s. But it feels like a hardcore, um, handheld, gorilla flam the wall 1960s-style documentary when 16mm handheld cameras first came out. That really black and white, natural lighting. They used the real locations in Krakow. And I thought, God, Spielberg's almost taking his auto style. I've been there, David. I've been there. I have as well, Captain. And it's quite have a, you? Yes. I haven't been to Auschwitz. I have. But, um, oh gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is quite, um, my sister went actually and, uh, yeah, she found it very, very, uh, scarring. Well, he used the actual locations, didn't he? And he filmed it like a documentary and it's almost like Spielberg is always taking his auteur style out of the frame to instead, instead of all bells and whistles, clever editing and whatnot, he's just said, no, I'm just going to, present this as near to as it actually happened as possible um almost a bit like saving private ryan but i think saving private ryan was a bit more hyper stylized with the omaha beach landing but shindlers this is just very raw and real it feels like a handheld documentary it really does and also you have got those spielberg flourishes like you know for instance there's one bit where schindler's this on the hill on the horse looking down he sees the ghettos being taken over by the nazis and you see that little girl in the red coat which is like a spielberg element you know but the ralph finds on his balcony yes absolutely oh that scene that That scene god that is dark that is brutal and it's not in keeping with the spielberg style but then you cut back to that little girl later on don't you um, and it's revealed something very dark's revealed. You think, well, that's not Spielberg. Do you know what I mean? And also the ending of the film, I think, where you actually see a lot of the survivors and they're in a cemetery gathering together. It feels almost more than a film, really. It really does feel like a more monumental experience, really. It really puts things. Did you sit through it in one go? Uh, yes, I did. Definitely. I tell you the other thing with Schindler's is there's loads of iconic set pieces. It really is a chain of these really well, you know, the shower scene, the get. I think out of all of it, the ghettos, when the ghettos are being stormed, 
that and it just does feel like a sort of handheld documentary but there isn't that much blocking that's taking place like he hasn't storyboarded it he's just told the actors you know what to do and then they just put these fly on the wall cameras everywhere and they've you know it's not him controlling that the the camera work was storyboarding it's more just him creating recreating a real situation and then just covering it with cameras and filming it like a documentary did it sweep the floor at the oscars that year yes it did it was a big big thing there was a few didn't he didn't get best film did it have a look at the oscars i think he got best director mandy could you look up um best oscars uh, sorry best film at the oscars um what are we saying 1993 i really should know this i shouldn't it's be all right eating. we've got mandy here it's the whole point of her being here could you look it up mandy yes possibly Okay, she's looking up now. Looking up now. Um, looking she's up looking now. up now. Don't worry about her. Don't sure. worry. That's, that's, but thank you, Manny, for doing that for me. I, I, you know, very good of you. Yes. I think it did sweep up, didn't it? It got best sweep picture. I think it it's Saving Private Ryan where he got best director, not best picture. So, yes, I think he got best picture, best original score, best director, Shinless best adapted screen. Schindler's List, Mandy just said. 1994 won best picture. So he did win it all. I think he got 12 Oscars. Wow. So best wow. picture, best original score, and the score thank is you, amazing. Thank you, Mandy. I'll say thank you. He thank won't. you, darling. Sorry, Mandy, thank you very much. Thank yes. you. Yes. What three films have won 11 Oscars? Lord of the Rings, yes. Ben-Hur, and Titanic. It so won not Schindler's seven list. Oscars. Uh, what year did Schindler's list? Oh, it won seven Oscars. Yes. Right, 94. Seven. Thank you, Mandy, again, for saying seven Oscars. Not at all, darling. Hugely appreciated. Oh. You say, you don't sound like convincing when you say hugely appreciated. You're not not at all. At I, I, do you know what? I put my hand up, and the reason I'm not saying that is because I feel as though um, I should know this information, and I shouldn't have a an orange box appearing in the background. Commode does not own. <laughs> oh, bloody hell! Mandy just shot across the floor. Oh my god! I've never seen her do that before. Yes. Bloody hell! That was um, that was just like an orange blur that appeared in my periphery vision. Never be too sure. Flipping out. So, Stephen King film, that was. Schindler's List, David. Anything more to be said? No, I was very... Did it make Ray Fiennes? Did it make... Was he... Oh, it made Ray Fiennes. It made Liam Neeson. It made a lot of... It made a lot of careers. They were on the periphery. They'd appeared in stuff. You know, like Liam Neeson done Kroll and um, uh, Dark Man for like Sam Raimi. You know, they were they were jobbing actors, but it's what propelled them into the uh, the minds of the uh, you know the, the cinema. Crazy public. industry, isn't it? Crazy. Oh yes, Massively. suddenly just one yeah one film yeah. just pushes you over the edge type of thing. Yeah. So Hopkins. what did what did Schindler, what did Spielberg follow Schindler's List? What film did he do after? The, the next ones he did after that was then Amistad, and I think it was Lost World. So Amistad, he was trying once again to do something kind of, um, it was, and it was supposed to be his next almost historical epic, carrying on from Shinders, and it didn't quite do it. I mean, I have a look, <clears throat> Lost World, um, they said that he really had no interest in Lost World at all. And a lot of the time he wasn't even on set he would film it whilst making Amistad or in a hotel room in between filming Amistad and he'd do it via um, um, cameras set up in the actual uh, Lost World set and he'd be in a different location just directing it because um, 
he just had no kind of emotional connection to it at that point, but he knew it was important to Universal Studios. He felt like a responsibility. Yes, it was. So it was um, Lost World, then Amistad. Um, ultimately, yeah, then Saving Private Ryan. Then save. So what he used to do for a long, long time, he would do one for the Oscars and then one for the box office. So like, um, then you've got things like Saving Private Ryan and um, AI or a Minority Report and then Catch Me If You Can or War of the Worlds and then Munich. He was very good at balancing the two and hell of a work ethic. Two movies. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You don't David, know. what? So uh, now's your time to uh, now's your time to tell us how you're going to review Schindler's List. Don't follow the don't follow the sheep. Don't listen to the the film gang in your head who are pointing at you. Do you think they like Schindler's List? No, everyone's quite sniffy towards Spielberg, and I think very sniffy indeed. And I think they would have said it was too sentimental in places and a bit too obvious type of thing in the sense that you know it's someone just saving the jews and it, it, it puts a bit of sugar and saccharine on top but i would argue spielberg wanted to educate a large mainstream audience and to do that you've got to present a classic style story structure of redemption for the main characters so i would um my score if you wish me to say it now sir so david schindler's list how many chalk ices out of five are you going to give it? I'm opening the fridge door and I'm handing out five chalk ices. Five chalk ices. I would. Schindler's list. I didn't find that sentimental at all. There's a big goodbye at the end. But, um, and yes, there is that element that, you know, um, do you know what I mean? It, it didn't really feel like a Spielberg film to me in many many ways. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like he had a higher calling than just merely further developing his auteur style type of thing, you know. Five chalk ices from you. Absolutely. It's, uh, no, haven't, you haven't given many five chalk ices. No, no, no. Absolutely. Can you, can you think of the others? Um... Westworld, I may have given five. I was Did impressed you? by that, definitely. Because Westworld takes us back to what we were talking about earlier about It's a Wonderful Life. It's one of those films that's like, blimey, mate, that inspired a lot of films I've seen since. Yeah. Well, thank you, David, for this week's movie review. Not at all, Captain, not at all. Thank you for no, your time. I mean it. No, I, I mean, mean it. it. And Mandy, Sometimes thanks I for feel helping like with you the Oscar don't think I mean it, but I do mean it. I hope so. I really do. I, I, I do believe you mean it. If you... If you like later on today if you go did he mean that email me and I'll tell you that I meant it oh thank you just in case I have a moment of doubt in the afternoon which I can sometimes have David Edwards movie tips so David have you got any uh, movie tips this week's movie tip. This is a good movie tip. It's a horror film that I saw recently. I'm not the biggest horror fan, but it's definitely worth watching. It's called Barbarian. 
And um, it is interesting. We were talking about comic book movies recently, and there was I've read a few articles recently because now all the box office results are coming in, and they say the only other genre alongside comic book films that are doing really well this year are horror movies, because once again it's that experiential element whereby you can't get that whole uh, horror screen factor just in a lounge on your own. If you go to like a large cinema, everyone's all huddled up together and also the um, the big picture and the lighting it adds to the roller coaster effect and in some ways horror films are more financially successful than comic book films because they don't demand the same intense cgi special effects it's more clever editing jump scares and you don't need movie stars so there was that film smile that did really well but barbarian i was really impressed by actually really where where do we find barbarian uh, it's showing in cinema at the moment. Oh, is it? I yes. thought it was streaming. Um, it, or it may have started. It's streaming in America on HBO Max. So it might be, um, if it's if it's not streaming in Britain yet, it will be soon. But um, it's oh, the, I'm, looking at these, I'm looking at little headline reviews. A gleefully scary inventive tale, The Times. An Airbnb booking has never been so terrifying, The Telegraph. And this entertaining, properly scary horror film is a flawless something yes. the irish times it's very good the way it develops oh I'd, I'd like to sit down and watch that with my wife oh it's, it's definitely worth checking out so basically and not that i'm going to go into any spoilers but you see a um uh, a female character it's raining it's in a small sort of um, suburban type part of america it's raining she gets to her airbnb but when she gets there there's someone else there so it's like it's been double booked. She can't go anywhere because all the hotels are booked. And also it's an intense storm and rain out there. And he's like, don't panic. Just stay the night. I'll stay in my room. You stay in your room. Oh, super stuff. So it's self-contained. You don't know if he, you know, if he has double booked or he's there for, you know, another dark reason. But then the film spirals off into another direction with a third character. It's not quite what you expect. Okay, don't say any more, because I feel like I know too much already now. No, no, you're fine. The trailers talk about that element. And, and the film's got more of a social commentary than you'd think. Because at the beginning, I'm talking about it very generally, and I won't say any more. At the beginning, you think it's just going to be a Jason Bloom-esque movie. You know, like Paranormal Activity, Insidious Purge, where it's all bait. It's like a sort of low budget, sort of in one location, and it's got like a clever horror concept. You don't quite know where it's going to go. But as this one goes on, it's also got that Jordan Peele element of a get out or us it's got a social commentary in there that's introduced by this third character who's um uh, an so actor. Who, who's who's created this film david do we know his name is zach Kreger, and it's his first uh, directorial debut he was an actor beforehand um i've got his imdb up now actually yeah I have. and uh, god you know mark camo would never have this would he just like you know just that's all right doesn't matter this is uh, anything anything you know you can tell us about mark Kreger, mandy well, Zach Kreger. oh there Zach. she goes well, there we are yeah, she knows what she's talking about Not oh mark. okay yeah. yeah middle name michael born in 1981 oh okay oh, there we go. that's that's interesting born Not in bad. 1981 all right, okay, it's something, it's something. You know, I do find it slightly annoying when the robot suddenly gets involved and takes away my thunder, but it's not a problem. The robot? Mandy, sorry, Mandy, you are quite right. But, um, 
you know, she sweeps in with an AI. Obviously, her brain is connected to the grid, the internet, so for her it's easier. Fair enough, you know. No, it isn't. Isn't it? I thought it was linked to the internet, like a... No. Like a, well, she's doing blooming well. I take my hat off to you, Mandy. I didn't realise you were just... A, a, your mouth was just a VHS. Why do you not look that? at her when you talk about her? Because um, I never quite know where her eyes are. She's just like a sort of orange box. I never quite know where the face is or where the soul and heart well, is. Well, ask her where her eyes are. Uh, Mandy, I'm now looking in your general direction. Yes. Where are your eyes? Where's your face? Where the VHS goes? That's your On my front wheel. On my front wheel. There we go. Okay, which right wheel or left wheel? Central. 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 Sorry, I didn't see there's a central one, but there is just at the bottom of your actual orange box. So you recommend Barbarian? Uh, Did you see that last night? No, I saw it a few nights ago. At the cinema? Yes, it was a special preview, and it's got so much stateside hype, I thought, what the hell, I'm going to make the effort and check it out. How many people were sat in the cinema with you? Um, Once again, not many. I would say about um, 15, maybe. The comic book films, though, Black Adam, I took my nephew to see that, and that was like in the afternoon, not even a particularly important time film-wise, you know what I mean? Sleepy afternoon. That was packed. Well, thank you, David, for this week's movie tip. Thank you for taking the tip and running with it. David Edwards, Random Movie Generator. favorite part of the uh do you get nervous this part of the i do yeah do you <laughs> What's uh, oh, you could end up with oh you Scooby could end up with Doe, i think and it is and it wasn't even a live action one it was a cartoon i just keep thinking of the um the home documentary that you had to sit oh through. god <laughs> that was quite an ordeal quite okay so mandy's chugging away she's ready to go so, you have first of all, you have to choose the genre of the first film. So please tell me when to push, press the button. Press the button, please. History. Oh, okay. We've been a bit of Schindler's List again. I could do with that. Better Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, but do, do you feel like it's just a slight? Mm. No, I think it could be. I can be. The older I've got, I like to look back over my shoulder to the past. Oh, that's nice. And now, please pick the decade. Press the button. 1960s. That's boring. 1960s uh, history. That could be a bit stuffy and grey. That could Genuinely be a little worrying. Scared. I could be wrong. Could be wrong. There's some good war films. Okay, so we have four movies here. You have to pick one of them. Please tell Mandy when to stop spinning. Stop. Spartacus. Oh, okay. Stanley Kubrick. What? Stanley Kubrick made Spartacus. No. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's Kirk Douglas. That was Stanley um, Kubrick made Spartacus. Stanley Kubrick made Spartacus. It wasn't. It was no him way. very much doing it for the studio. He made parts of glory of Kirk Douglas, so they'd formed a relationship there. What? Kirk Douglas sacked uh, the director, and um, Stanley Kubrick took over. 
And Kubrick says it's not really part of his alter filmography, but he did Fuck, it. Fuck, I had no idea! To get confidence from the studio. So he's very much a director for hire. It wasn't like a 2001 experience. That's blown my mind. Yeah. It, it, it was very much a political, kind of economic move by him to try and get more responsibility and cachet. Okay, so Spartacus is your first film. Now we pick the second movie. Please choose, uh, bear with, please choose the genre. Press the button. Animation. Here we go. That could, you never know which way that's going to go. And please choose the decade. Press the button. 2020s. That sounds positive. That's good. That could be good. And we generate. We've got four movies here. Please tell Mandy when to stop spinning. Stop. Injustice. What's that one? An animated film called Injustice. Injustice. What is that one about? I don't know. We'll look into it. I flipping love this. Injustice. Injustice. And we please pick, pick the third movie. So please pick the genre of the third movie. Press the button. Adventure. Oh, okay. Always like a bit of no. adventure. Please pick the decade. Press the button. 2020s. That sounds good. I can't go wrong with this. And we generate. Okay. Please tell Mandy when to stop spinning. Stop. Sing two. Do you know what? I saw Sing literally two nights ago with my nephew. I literally watched the first Sing on Netflix with my Did nephew. Did you like it? It's a funny old one. I, I didn't think it was bad. Really well animated. I, I thought it was good. I mean, he loved it, and that's the audience. It is interesting that Garth Jennings has gone that route, because he did Son of Rambo. Oh, really? Is that Garth Jennings? That's Garth Jennings. He did um, Hitchhiker's Gods of Galaxy, Son of Rambo. And then he, he started focusing on this family animation franchise, where it's Illuminae, isn't it? The people who made um, uh, the Minions. It's a bizarre direction to take, really, and he hasn't done a live-action film since. Okay, so I've... Uh, there's your three films. Spartacus, Injustice, Sing 2. I've shuffled them up. A, B, and C. Please choose this week's movie. A. Injustice. Oh, dear. <laughs> I could be wrong. I could be wrong about that. I just don't know what Injustice is. It sounds like a Mark Wahlberg action film. Okay, shall I, shall I read it to you? Please do. Maybe it will jog my memory. Okay, bear with. Injustice 2021. Injustice is a 2021 American adult animated superhero film based on the video game of the same name, developed by NetherRealm Studios, produced by Warner Brothers Animation DC Entertainment. Did it get a cinema release? Directed by Matt Peters. Don't know. 
The film was announced in May 2021 with Outbacker writing the script. The film adapts elements from both the Injustice video game and its prequel comic book series. Well, Superman's in it. Right, okay, Injustice, Rotten Tomatoes. Superman eventually finds Joker and Harley hiding on a submarine, but it's attacked by Doomsday upon confronting them and proceeds to punch the monster into space. I'm just getting up How do you feel? How do you feel? I think it might be me having another Mortal Kombat experience. Do you remember I watched Mortal Kombat, the animated film? Oh, God. I really I think feel I've got for you. I, on alternative Earth, the Joker tricks Superman to killing Lois Lane. So it's for adults, then. It might be interesting. It might be. I mean, you know, I'll give it a go. I mean... Yeah, don't judge a book by its uh, IMDb page. I will not do Captain. I mean, it looks interesting. I mean, um, it looks like it is for adults. And a lot of the uh, Warner Brother um batman animated films are very much uh, hailed as being impressive like batman year one and things like that david it's rated r for bloody violence oh okay now i'm a bit more interested it's not scooby-doo there's a bit more going on but r for violence because you don't even get an r for the actual live action films well david thank you so much for this week i'm looking at it now and it looks interesting so i am being um don't, don't read any more. Don't ruin it for yourself. I, I will Just not go in, there, go in there blind. Injustice. I like looking at our titles of the podcast going, Sister Act, Injustice, Schindler's List. It makes you realise that film, that it's just an ongoing, is it smorgasbord? I think I've said that right, believe it or not, of um, different styles, isn't that? Thank you, David, for this week. Uh, now we've got some three questions from Patreon. Looking Patri- forward to it. Looking forward to it. Here we go. But for everyone else listening, we'll be back next week to listen to David's review of Injustice. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you. And look after yourselves. Au revoir. Yeah, look after yourselves. Yeah. And great chatting to you, David, as always. Yes. Take care of yourself. Yeah, and I'll speak to you. I'll be in touch in the week. Absolutely. Take care. Have a nice Cheers, mate. Cheers.